Chapter Eight of Molly Brown's Senior Days by Nell Speed. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Barbed Arrows. I don't know which was the most highly polished, his manners or his shiny bronze face. Ejaculated Judy when the door of Number Five had closed upon Otoyo and her honorable father the small grizzled japanese gentleman had taken tea american fashion with his daughter's quadrangle friends with punctilious enjoyment he had eaten everything that was offered to him cloudbursts salmon sandwiches stuffed olives and chocolate cake the girls had heard that raw carp was a favorite japanese dish and salmon being the only fish convenient they had bought several cans of it in the village in honor of the national taste wasn't his english wonderful put in margaret i entertain exceedingly hopes in my daughter's educationally efforts he asked me if i were quadrangular laughed edith i said no quadrilateral the funny part of it was that he used all those big words and spoke with such a perfect accent and yet he didn't understand anything we said observed molly all the time i was telling him how much we loved otoyo and what a dear clever child she was he blinked and smiled and said indeed is it truly exceedingly interesting while they were laughing and discussing otoyo's father adele windsor judy's new bosom friend walked into the room she had formed a habit of entering their room without announcing herself an unpardonable breach of etiquette at wellington as well it might be anywhere lately she had made herself very much at home at number five lounging on the divan with a novel between lectures or occupying the most comfortable chair while she dotted down notes on a tablet nance called her the intruder to molly and once she had even ventured to remark to judy i should think your friend would know that it's customary to knock on a door before opening it it's because she never had any privacy explained judy apologetically she was brought up in a new york flat and slept on a parlor sofa all her life until two years ago when her father began suddenly to make money being brought up in a parlor ought to give her parlor manners nance thought but she had not voiced her thought to the sensitive judy who really had not intended to force adele windsor on her chums it was only that adele had a way of taking for granted she was persona grata that nance thought was rather too free molly always polite to guess whether welcome or not greeted adele cordially and made her a cup of tea we were just discussing otoyo sen's funny little father she explained in order to draw adele into the conversation he's been here to call the queerest english and molly repeated some of mr sen's absurd speeches adele listened with interest she was always interested in everything 
one might almost say inquisitive and she had a peculiar way of making people say things they regretted judy artless soul had told her everything she knew long ago and now turning her intelligent dark eyes from one to another and occasionally putting out a pointed question adele succeeded in starting a new discussion on otoyo's father with the most innocent intentions in the world they imitated his voice and manner his stiff formal bows and his funny squeaky laugh it was not until later when the friends had scattered to tidy up for supper that molly felt any misgivings about having made fun of otoyo's father and these she kept to herself feeling indeed that they were unworthy of her adele had not left with the others she was to remain for supper with judy and the two girls sat chatting together while molly took a catnap and nance began clearing away the tea things you shall not help she had insisted when molly had offered to do her share you are dead tired and i'm not so go and rest and don't bother nance's manner was often brusquest when she was tenderest but molly understood her perfectly she was very tired what with her new duties on the commune club meetings and the pressure of studies the world was turning so fast she felt that she might fly off into space at any moment professor green would have scolded me for trying to overdo things she was thinking half sadly gradually her body relaxed and her eyelids dropped through the mist of half consciousness she heard the musical rattle of the tea things and presently there came the catchy rather nasal tones of adele's voice over the clatter of china and silver i like all your friends judy they are remarkably bright aren't they a sparkling little coterie answered judy proudly now miss wakefield is a born leader of course a leader must have the gift of gab she's a great talker isn't she takes the conversation right into her own hands and keeps it there doesn't she margaret does talk a lot judy admitted too much perhaps for anyone not deeply interested but then of course i always am now edith williams is the brighter of the two but she knows it don't you think so well i suppose she does replied judy reluctantly catherine has more surface brightness but of course she's superficial that is compared with her sister edith is the brightest said judy mabel hinton is all right but she does dress so atrociously and those glasses can you imagine how she can wear them molly felt suddenly hot she flung the comfort off and sat up impatiently i should think judy would have sense enough to see she's being made to discuss every friend she has she thought the intruder had now commenced on pretty jessie lynch awfully jolly to have so many beaux most men crazy girls have none she was saying 
when molly marched into the room she had not decided what she was going to say but she intended to say something how red your face is molly dear observed judy carelessly and how fortunate that it's so seldom that way went on the imperturbable miss windsor red faces are not becoming to red heads that is generally speaking but your skin is such an exquisite texture miss brown that it doesn't matter whether it's red or white did you see where a girl had written to a beauty editor and asked for a cure for blushing the editor told her that age was the only cure sometimes however one gets very good suggestions off those pages good hygienic suggestions i mean and so adele carried the conversation along at such a swift pace that molly did not have the chance to say what she had intended she had always regarded that kind of talk with supreme contempt praise that tapered into a sting it would have been more honest to have given the sting without the praise she thought and less hypocritical and censorious it was adele's trick to make you agree with her and if you did lead you on to further and more dangerous ground until you suddenly felt yourself placed in an awkward position of saying something unkind without you having intended it it was strange that judy was so blind to this trick of adele's but then adele was very attractive there was a kind of abandon about her that suited judy's style they had a great many tastes in common adele was very talented and the two girls often went off on sunday afternoon sketching expeditions together nance i'm ashamed of myself for thinking such things whispered molly on the way down to supper but there is something almost mestophilian about adele windsor she devil you mean broke in nance bluntly molly laughed mestophilian was more high-sounding besides she's just like mestophiles in faust she doesn't speak right out only whispers and suggests innuendo is the word isn't it sometimes i'm really frightened for judy she's awfully crushed but she'll wake up soon enough she always does answered nance carelessly but molly had secret misgivings in spite of nance's assurances and furthermore she was convinced that the crafty adele was well aware of these misgivings and that it gave her much private enjoyment to make molly uncomfortable the trouble is i can't fight her with her own weapons molly thought i'm not clever enough and besides i wouldn't if i could after all boys methods of settling disputes by drawing a circle and fighting it out are somehow much more honest it would be worth a black eye and a bloody nose to lay forever all that innuendo and sly insinuation she hypnotized judy into putting her up for the shakespeareans and the ola podreus said nance and she'll get in nobody will dream of blackballing her you'll see 
molly compressed her lips into a firm red line and said nothing but she was almost led to wish that school societies did not exist at all End of chapter eight